Hello and welcome to another Parents at Work podcast, where we cover a range of topics for the working parent to thrive. All our podcasts aim to offer useful tips and practical examples that support you to successfully balance career, work and family. And we know it's not easy. If you have any questions, please send them to info at parentsatwork.com.au. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Parents at Work Teen Clinic podcast for 2020. These clinics are an opportunity to dip into a short topic that's relevant to parenting teams. Sometimes the topics will come from questions I've sent and other times there will be issues young people bring to me. And today's show has come from the latter, from the teens themselves. It's about expectations that come from parents. And I just felt that really it was a topic that I certainly have had to work on over the years. It's a doozy of a topic. I'm not quite sure how we're going to get a handle on it in such a short space of time. But hopefully it will ask us questions. It will give us the opportunity to go, hey, hold on a moment. Do I have any expectations? Who do they go from to? And how do they impact on the relationships that I have in, with the people in my life? So why waste a moment? Let's get on with it. First of all, let's tease out what is an expectation. According to an amalgamation of understandings that I've got from different dictionaries, it's a strong feeling or belief that something will or should happen or be the case. Now, already that paints a picture. I think we'll all agree with that. It paints a picture, a strong feeling or belief that something will or should happen or be the case. We've got a picture. Therefore, we have an expectation and a good outcome from an expectation. Something might exceed our expectations. For example, we'd be happy. It would be a surprise, be a good feeling. If we have an expectation and someone doesn't meet it or our experience doesn't match our expectations, then it would be disappointment. Now, disappointment is the outcome that I want to talk about most because Disappointment is the thing that I hear from teenagers more than anything else that impacts them most when they talk about letting their parents down. They really hate to feel their parents' disappointment or they don't want to feel, they don't want to make their parents disappointed. Equally, when I speak to adults, they talk about remembering disappointing their parents and letting their parents down. So this disappointment is something that we really need to clock. It comes because someone has had an expectation on us and we have not met that expectation. That's why expectations are so important. I can easily remember many, many times where I haven't met people's expectations. Even today, people think that I can fix something magically and I can't. All I can do is share with them some of the tools, some of the experiences and some practical things that we can consider about the way we're behaving and then see what ripple effect that has in your home. So where do expectations appear in our lives as parents? I figured that we've got three key areas expectations on ourselves. The expectations would be that we will know what to do, that we'll be a happy family, that we'll be able to do all that 
either we want to do or that is expected of us. And then we have the expectation on others that our teens will listen to us, that our teens will learn from their mistakes, that others will appreciate what we're doing, that others will participate in our common goal, and perhaps expectation for ourselves that we will be loved, that we will be listened to, that we will be understood, that we will be appreciated, that we will be happy, that we will feel fulfilled. All of those are all pictures and I think I've probably just scratched the surface. I am well aware that I haven't clocked as many as there are. And perhaps just take a moment, jot down some of the expectations that come to mind for you, that just pop in to your thoughts. Maybe they're some of the ones I've mentioned, but maybe there are others that are really particularly pertinent to you. Maybe consider the expectations you're under at work. Are they yours? Are they someone else's? And then the expectations at home. Are they yours? Are they someone else's? And get an idea of where you feel you meet them, where you feel you don't meet them. If you start getting a picture of not meeting people's expectations, then it's an opportunity to feel the load of that, but also to feel what you do with that. Do you then set expectations for the people who are around you so that so that they actually take away some of the pressure of the expectations that you're living under. So for example, if work expects me to work from home, then I'm going to have an expectation on the people in my home that they're going to be quiet at certain times so that I can work at home or that they're going to leave me alone so that I can concentrate. So can you see how someone's got an expectation of me to be able to do to work at home? I don't know if that's paid or unpaid, but I'm having to work from home. And then my expectation in the home is that they're going to need to be understanding of the fact that I've got to work X, Y and Z. However, can you also see that that might well clash with my partner's expectation that evenings are for us? and my kids' expectations that I'm going to have space and time to connect with them when I'm at home, and that home is home and work is work. Can you see how everybody is going to have an expectation of a situation that is going to create some clashes? So unless you actually talk about what those expectations are, what expectations are on us or we're putting on them, then we, it can actually get quite messy and we have smashed expectations and smashed pictures. So that's an example of an expectation that has a ripple effect. So let's just take a step back and look at the expectations we have on ourselves. Because the expectations we have on ourselves, we will automatically have on everyone around us. Just as we can't love another until we love ourselves, we can't have an expectation on ourselves that we don't transfer in one way or another onto another. So I mentioned that we will know what to do. That's an expectation. Um, personally, I have had so much more freedom. I've slept so much better since recognizing that I'm not always going to know what to do and I'm not always going to have the answers and that actually living from a place of more uh, willingness to be the, the learner in every situation and to see what I'm 
impulse to do or what is there to be done or uh, yeah, just taking every situation as a new situation has been much more freeing than me living with the expectation that for every scenario that comes my way, I am going to know what to do. And since sharing with my kids that I'm learning just as much as they're learning, I may have more wisdom, I may have a bit more life experience, but I can still learn just as much as they can. Our relationship has improved no end. No end. Um, just as a, a parent, a working parent, that you're going to be able to give 100% at work, 100% at home, 100% to yourself, 100% to your partner. You may be dating in all of this. You know, you may be a, a, a family that is a single parent and you may actually want some, some relationship for yourself as an adult. There's a lot of pressures with all of that and you think you can do it all and then you tell yourself you can't do it all so you, there's an expectation that you're going to suffer because you can't do it all which was an expectation in the first place, but you place the second expectation that you're going to be the one who's going to um, reduce or restrict yourself in order to keep harmony in the home. Well, um, everyone in the home needs to work as a team. That is absolute truth. However, it doesn't mean that everybody needs to feel like they are living less than they have to live as a result of living within a family. The most amazing families um, have everything in, uh, in perspective. So there's nothing greater than the whole. You are part of that whole, you are an equal part of that whole, and your time is just as valuable as someone else's time, and everyone's respecting and appreciating that, therefore there's much more harmony in the home you know, I'm going to have to go and do a food shop, but I'm going to do the food shop because I know that actually my husband's had a really tough week and he can't do the food shop this week. But maybe next week I'm going to have a really tough week and he's going to need to do the food shop. Uh, my One of my daughters may be um, off uni and so she can actually make dinner for the week. That, but, you know, just as a, a kind gesture to, to us, you know, equal part of the house, how can they contribute? It might be that the 10-year-old could maybe do some of the, to get the washing ready or transfer the washing onto the line or put the washing in the dryer or all sorts of jobs that could be shared around the home rather than the expectation that you can do it all, that you have put on yourself and therefore, because no one's working to your timeline, you are doing it all. And therefore, other people grow up with the expectation that you're going to do it all. What about that expectation that you'll be a happy family? How often do we work super hard to make sure that we think we're a happy family, but also we keep up appearances and everybody else thinks we're a happy family? So what happens to that expectation when the family unit breaks down? When life changes um, then everyone feels like they've failed. The kids blame themselves, the parents blame themselves. There is a, a feeling that you're going to have to work harder, you're going to have to learn from those mistakes. Which leads perfectly on to our expectations on others. That 
our teens will learn from their mistakes. Um, and yet we're still trying to figure out how to learn from ours, aren't we? You know, when we've got our expectations, we think that we're going to, to observe and learn and, and we won't do it again. But who knows what comes to the table? Who knows what experiences we've all had or why we're thinking the way we are, why we're behaving the way we are? We have to be so kind to ourselves and aware of what makes us do what we do so we can clock those expectations of going, no, hold on, I if I've got an expectation, I can't be aware and responsive and kind to myself in the moment. I have to let go of that expectation so that I can understand it is a learning opportunity and not necessarily a mistake. And that uh, holding someone's space and giving them skills to learn how to deal with so-called mistakes, so so-called learning from them, so-called moving, so moving on from them. And again, that then brings up a, an, a, an expectation that our teens will listen to us. Well, they may not. Um, very often they don't because they're starting to build an awareness of themselves as an autonomous being. And that is really good. We want them to start making decisions. And therefore we have to address the fact that we have this expectation that we, one, have the answer, two, know better what they need than they know what they need. And you know what? You may think you do, but how much did you listen to your parents and do what they said rather than, you know, kind of learn from yourself? But you may have listened to your parents and therefore your expectation would be that your kids will listen to you. Intergenerational expectations are not aware, cognizant, understanding of the changing environment in which we live. And so they're very harmful. What about the expectation that people will appreciate what we're doing? Heavens, I mean, that's a huge one, isn't it, really? Because we all want to be appreciated. In a work space and in a home space, everyone can relate to that. People don't seem to appreciate what we're doing enough, right? And yet, where is that expectation coming from? What an imposition that someone will understand what we've put in, the effort that we've put in, you know, um, that our kids will appreciate um, how much we're doing to keep them in their schools, to keep them in the house, to... Uh, give them the holidays. You know, those are all things that we value and therefore we place a pressure on ourselves to be able to fulfill the expectation that that's what you do as a parent, that that's what you offer. What about that others in the home will participate in the common goal of keeping the home running? Yep, that would be an expectation I have and I would like to still maintain because we live in a home together. So it's all our responsibility to keep that home going. But that can come across as uh, an expectation that is imposing, or it can come, come across as a um, group responsibility, a group plan, a group outcome, a group purpose, actually. What about the expectations that we have on ourselves, that we will be loved, that we'll be listened to, that we will be understood? Gosh, when I say that, I go, yeah, I'd love that. That's what I want. 
I want to be loved, I want to be listened to, I want to be understood. And so I go, okay, if that's what I want, that's what I have to do with myself first. Can you see how I've just described a whole load of expectations there? And you might say again, what's wrong with an expectation? Well, is the expectation that you have for yourself or for someone else imposing? Is it a standard that you're setting or is it Is it so black and white that you're going to feel a failure if you don't do it or someone else will feel a failure? How does it feel to be on the receiving end of your expectations? Is an expectation that there's a standard will be met, is it unrealistic? Or actually, can you come to a group agreement that that is what, that's the standard you're going to live to? For example, I have an expectation in our home that we're not going to swear at each other. That's my normal. I was I didn't grow up swearing at each other. To me, that's offensive, it's unkind, it's hurtful, and it's unnecessary. And like it just shows a lack of control about what you want to express or a lack of control of the frustration or anger that you're living with, and it's just coming out in a focused way against that person. But that's not necessarily the world that teenagers grow up in and they often swear at each other as a term of endearment Um, so we needed to have a conversation in our home about what was acceptable and what wasn't and I was very clear that that was not going to be acceptable in our home so for me it was a standard um, and and everyone understood that I had an expectation that we wouldn't but they also clocked very much the reason why and it's never been an issue sometimes it happens and we we kind of go hey what's going on or that's not okay and there are consequences or whatever whatever Um, but really there is a much deeper understanding about why that is important or not important so it's actually more about the communication of what's important to you and what isn't important to you rather than the expectation itself because then you stop doing the right and wrong and you bring a greater understanding about why something is important to someone. You actually get to know each other really well. We could talk about this so much and there are so many different avenues and rabbit holes I could go down with everything that I have said today. But it seems important that as parents we consider our behaviour just as important as our teens. And when we talk about expectations and our behaviour, and when we talk about expectations, perhaps what's important is recognising where our expectations are heavy because the impact of the receiving end of our expectations is perceived as heavy by our teenagers and therefore their behaviour can sometimes be a reaction to the expectations they feel from us. And that's why it's important that we have these conversations and that we contemplate some of these topics, not so that we can have yet more answers to go to them with or be more prepared. We're never going to be fully prepared for what life throws at us, but we can be ready. We can actually be ready to be responsive by looking after all of our own stuff and dealing with our own stuff and then we're responsive to what comes from someone else. If we know that we're constantly learning and unlearning 
then we trust that all forms of behavior are a form of communication and the being honest and open and willing to consider and discuss reflect a way of living that inspires a young person to know that they're equally safe to make mistakes and learn as well. They don't have to be perfect. The expectation of perfection is an absolute poison and everyone can let go of it. Don't forget, teens are working with a brain that's rejigging to deal with the new requirements of upcoming independence. It rejigs every night. Their whole body rejigs every night. And the complex relationships that they've got around them every day are needing a lot of brain power to deal with and their behavior may not be completely consistent and reliable. So the more you can make your behavior consistent and reliable, the more support you offer them. And the more we can be ready to deal with whatever life throws at us. The experiences that we have, the experiences they have, and the way they approach those experiences shape the behaviors and perhaps coping mechanisms that can embed for the rest of their life. Now, it's always much easier, as we say all the time, to work with a health and balance model rather than trying to fix or address an issue once it's been once it, it has exploded. So honesty and getting support would be my number one tips for parenting. Really just look, just consider, just contemplate. We may not know what ideals and beliefs and expectations have been running around us, so we've taken them as normal until we come face to face with a teenager who pushes back and says no. And then all of a sudden we go, huh, what, what? And then we can perhaps kind of look and go, okay, there might be something here for me to look at. But if you trust that no matter what, there's love between you all and you all actually know that that's the outcome that you want, that you all want to be heard, to be listened to, to be met, to be understood, then it takes everybody to come to the table with less expectation of it being about yourself and someone listening to you and actually putting yourself out there to be in service, listening to another. And, and through that understanding where those expectations have come in and where the other person is feeling the pressure from that. A huge topic. It's been great fun. Please feel free to check out the other support through Parents at Work. Thank you for listening and I look forward to catching up next time.